The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of At Notebook Wagering Podcast, where we hit you up with all things sports, and we're going to dabble in a little bit of holidays. we got a special guest tonight, but before we get to him, I'm going to drop down to uh, the south of Pittsburgh, and J-Cam, what do you got going on in downtown Pittsburgh? There's not much going on downtown Pittsburgh here. The, the shopping season's been shortened as everyone is getting their milk and bread with the uh, pending storm coming, so there, there'll be no last-minute shopping in Pittsburgh. The places it's just a madhouse getting anywhere right now. I was happy to get home, finally get in front of the watch pens a little bit here and uh, get on this show tonight. We got the Air Force and Baylor in the coldest bowl game ever, which should be not that entertaining, but for gambling purposes, it will be. And then obviously a lot of college basketball here as they wrap up before Christmas. What do you got going on, Smitty? Yeah, just tailing some basketball games, got some bets in. We need right state money line, best bet I gave out today. Uh, getting ready for the NFL, played the teaser in the air force game excited to talk uh, college hoops again with our guests but uh yeah got some things done because tomorrow's supposed to be in the negatives by i think late morning early afternoon so i'm not going outside so let's get after it guys <laughs> all right so without further ado we'll bring in our guest and our guest tonight is jim root uh, who has more accolades on twitter than i do letters in my name just non-stop so jim is a big contributor for three-man weave uh, he's also at Second Chance Point on Twitter at Three Man Weaves, or actually Three MW underscore CBB on Twitter, and he also does stuff for the At Action Network. Jim, uh, we also hear that somehow your podcast, Three Man Weave, have has made it into the top 150 in Taiwan. That's right. Do you, do you get a bonus on this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, it's it's from the Taiwan government. They say you're you're creating such great content for our country. Uh, here is all kinds of money. Uh, that's that's really the thing that pays us most. All the other stuff is just peripheral. It's really all about marketing internationally. <laughs> I mean, how on earth are you even in the Taiwan market? Is what I want to know. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, we, at some point, we were like charting in Hungary, and I, <laughs> I, I think there's just like you know people that are hitting play on everything that comes up. I, I don't know that there are any super glued in fans in Taiwan, but maybe, maybe it could be. That's awesome. Uh, so, without further ado, why don't you just give a little bit about yourself and all the work you do before we jump into some college hoops? Yeah. Um, so yeah, part of the three man weave, that's really uh, where everything started with me talking basketball in a, in a public facing sense. Uh, that's two of my buddies and I from uh, one's from college and one is the the college friends, high school friend. So follow that. Uh, but really after school, after college, we realized we were all annoying all of our friends with all the college hoops we talked. So we started our own private group text about it. About a year later, it became a website where we wrote about it. Another year, you had a podcast. And that was, uh, the site started in 2015, so seven years ago now, seven and a half. And it slowly evolved. Um, now it's 
heavily gambling tilted because that's how, unfortunately, uh, you, you monetize a lot of this stuff, a lot of the, the basketball content, especially in the college world. Uh, but then, yeah, we do writing for Action Network. We do shows for Field of 68. Um, I love the analysis side of it as much as anything, but um, I also obviously get into the gambling as well. So uh, that's why we're here. We're ready to to talk some some college hoops gambling. That's the goal. Perfect. So uh, Smitty is a teacher, and he probably hasn't worked in like a week now with this holiday. He's been just nonstop throwing out teasers and college hoops. So Smitty, why don't you lead us off and fire some questions for, for Jim? Yeah, I think Jim yesterday had one of the best on Twitter. So Jim really broke down the Iowa game. And then he, I think, <laughs> oh, you're going to start with that Vaughn. one? Oh, I'm going to. I dive right <laughs> in, Jim. That's the way I do it. Jim, that was the best thing yesterday on, on Twitter. So Jim <laughs> talked about, I think he was on Iowa, which Iowa was, I think, minus 31, 32, and they lost the game by nine. And then I thought it was remarkable, guys, that Jim then started going back in like years of games, like bad bets he had. And I thought it was just fantastic because we've all been there. But then Jim came back with a great one. He had San Francisco plus three and a half, and they won the game by 37. Hey, Jim, go into it about this gambling. It is crazy. You could lose some really crazy games sometimes. Like, uh, you know, if you were on like, you know, I was on Moneyline Raiders last week and I had to win that one. But just go into that day yesterday and that on that on the thing on Twitter, because that was great. I thought it was great content. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when there's as many games in college basketball as there are, you're going to lose some really badly. And that's what happened yesterday. Um, I was on the the spread favorite for the biggest loss in the history of gambling, basically like a 32 point spread is the biggest loss outright that we've ever seen in college basketball betting. I think Duke was like a 28 and a half point spread over Stephen F. Austin, uh, even the Virginia uh, UMBC one over six or 16 over one um, upset wasn't anywhere near the high. So, you know, when it's that outlier esque, I had to just kind of laugh it off. There's nothing else you can do. Like, I can't say it was three point shooting luck or anything at that point. You know, you missed by 40 points. Uh, but I, I, you know, I felt I felt like I, I should dig up and see it. Did I have any? in the past that were that bad. And, and I found a couple that were, you know, 40 point losses against the spread. Got a couple 40 point wins in there too. But uh, that's the, I think that's the only way I can survive is that college basketball has so many games where I'm able to turn the page to the next bet very quickly. Um, I, I don't know how people that put like all their stock in two or three NFL games a week. Like if you have one just go way wrong and you have to wait another week for the next bet, I, that would drive me crazy. I, I like being able to just have more the next day, the next day, the next day. Jim, uh, so we're kind of talking disappointment and betting and whatnot, but I'm going to go to a disappointing team or teams. So the two Blue Bloods, Duke, North Carolina. Duke hasn't had this many losses since, what, 1982 before Christmas, I believe I saw. Who's a bigger bigger disappointment out of the gate, Duke or North Carolina? I'll go Carolina, um, mostly because they were supposed to be more fully formed at this point. Uh, they brought back four starters. They actually have the same coaches last year who led them on that postseason run. Now, I, I didn't think they should be preseason number one. I had them up, I think, fourth preseason. But even at fourth, they've they've clearly underperformed that ranking as well. Uh, we, we talked about maybe they had read too many uh, offseason headlines or guys that had thought about declaring to go pro were, were working on the, the parts of their game that scouts had told them rather than focusing on winning games themselves. Uh, they started to uptick lately here. 
they're sharing the ball better. They're playing with a little bit more intensity on defense, but uh, I think they are and have been definitely the most disappointing team uh, of these two. Duke at least has the pass of a lot of freshmen. Their two best freshmen were hurt all through preseason and they have a brand new coach. So I'm going to give Duke a little bit of a pass. North Carolina, not so much. I, I'm kind of, I'm not sure what went wrong with them. Jason, what do you have? Well, I was going to start off with, since we are all Big Ten fans, I was going to go with the Big Ten because I've actually heard them talk about this on their podcast today. Is the Big Ten a lot of good, but not a lot of great? Uh, as it, like, as yeah. it always is, it seems like the last couple of years. Now, I know Purdue's undefeated, but you see it, you don't see it. You see one big star, you don't see a whole lot of stars in that team. Yeah, it feels like maybe they're a lot of good, not as much great. I mean, they they have established this pattern over the past few years where they are awesome in the non-conference. They kind of punish teams physically at this part of the schedule. They rack up wins. And then so when you get to the conference play, every win is a big win because all these teams have accumulated wins in the non-conference. And that's like the opposite of what someone like the ACC is doing or especially the A-10. Uh, but then if we turn to the postseason, I think the teams that have the most proven track records in that scenario have great backcourts and are able to play through a couple guards that go get buckets late and really can just kind of control the the tempo and, and feel of the game, the rhythm. And most of these Big Ten teams are still based around a big guy, whether it's Trace Jackson Davis or Zach Eady. Uh, you kind of go down the line, Hunter Dickinson, even from Michigan. And, and I think a lot of these teams, their best players are in the front court. And that's always a little bit of a, a flaw late. So yeah, Purdue's number one right now. I don't think they finished there and I don't know if they're really like in my top five national title contenders because of the way their roster is constructed at this point. Jim, uh, I'll fire one more off here. So we all know Santa Claus is real, but who's the fraud team right now, basically in the top 25 who just doesn't belong there. Ooh, man. I, I think I'll go to another blue blood here. It's really, I think Kentucky right now, they, they don't have anything figured out rotationally. Um, they gave up 1.15 points per possession last night to Florida A&M. Who's one of the worst five offenses in the country. They've been shellacked by every power conference school they played And Kentucky basically played patty cake with them for 40 minutes and was really unexciting considering they were coming off a loss and probably should have had a lot more fire to them. I, I, the the thing that really stood out to me was after that game, Florida A&M's coach said, we thought they were much more dangerous when severe Wheeler was off the floor. Like to outright say that about an opponent's starting point guard. And I think there are some Kentucky fans that probably feel somewhat the same way. They want the keys handed to case and Wallace. Um, it, it's, it tells you how unsolved that team is and all the, tweaks that John Calipari still says he still has to make they're a long way from being a top 10 top 15 really even top 20 at this point and they don't have the wins to show for it so I, at this point they've got kind of an empty resume they don't pass the eye test for me and it seems like they've got a long way to go before they look good in in league play so many what do you yeah. got yeah Jim uh you know Georgetown fan here you guys brought him up on your show Hawaii team you know, Harris just transferred to Virginia, which was, to me, really a weird story how that was just kind of hush-hush, and then he just kind of disappeared. They're not playing Matumbo. I, I, it's a head-scratcher here, being a Hoyas fan. I'm not a big Patrick Ewing guy. Um, if you were the AD, because Patrick's going to step away, I think, or they're going to fire him after the year. They're going to give him the year. 
if you were the AD, who would you make a push for to be the next coach at Georgetown? It's a great question. Um, I know that when, when asked this, the people who are actually sourced say Ed Cooley is the, is the one they're going to try to, to push for. I would love to see, go get Rick Pitino for five years. If you can, I think that'd be a fantastic choice. Like anybody that's worried about longevity there, who cares about longevity? You need to be out of the, out of the gutter. You need to win a big East game. So I think that would be a, a pretty good stopgap, about as good as you could probably hope for one guy that's got ties to the area that I think is a great coach. And I don't know if he's going to get mentioned for this or not, but uh, Ryan Odom, uh, the coach at Utah state right now, he's the one who won the, the 16 over one game we talked about before over, uh, over Virginia while at UMBC, he gets a lot out of his players. They run beautiful offense. He's got Utah state, I think 11 and one right now uh, in a year, they weren't really expected to do that much. Um, but man, they, they look fantastic right now. And I think Odom could do a good job there. I don't know if he's got the high level recruiting ties, but you know, that's something that can hopefully come with time. Yeah, what do you think's really gone wrong there? I mean, just being, I mean, I think one thing is, like I said, it's just weird that the guys he's brought in recruiting, they're not there anymore. Harris was one that, you know, was running the point since he was a freshman, won the Big East uh, tournament MVP when they they won that and got in the tournament. Now, you know, he wasn't playing. Matumbo came in, I think, as a four-star. You know, you could see he needed some development and everything, but not playing him. He's playing – these guys are playing major minutes. I mean, these guys are going 37, 38. You know, they played a great game the other night, I thought, against UConn. They just run out of gas. And there's just – they don't like – I think you said on your show, uh, the Three Man Weave uh, podcast, they just – they don't want to play defense at times. What do you think has really gone wrong there at Georgetown? It feels like he, he hasn't been able to instill like the intensity needed to sustain over uh, 40 minutes from night to night. Like they had it for a really long time against UConn. And when they're an underdog sometimes against elite teams like that, I think about a couple of the games they've played against Villanova in the past when Villanova was elite. And you're like, oh, I see it out of this team. Like Georgetown has it. They've got potential. He gets pretty solid recruits. And even when they leave, he fills them with really talented guys from the portal. Uh, this this particular roster, I think, is like legitimately a, a Big East caliber roster, but they're just not playing like it. The X and O stuff just leaves a lot to be desired. They don't value possession to possession, uh, like taking great shots, making sure to take care of the ball defensively, like getting over every single screen and not being like, ah, I'm just going to take this one off, give up the open jumper and we'll get back down on offense. It, it, there's just kind of some intrinsic stuff that, that it feels like they're lacking. Um, honestly, I, I felt that way about Memphis for a while. I don't feel that way anymore. So it seems like Penny Hardaway figured it out after a couple of years, but Ewing, it, it, I don't think he has, and he's gotten time and he's gotten to turn over his entire assistant staff. And even when he did that, they, they weren't able to, to turn this ship around this year. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, maybe you want a little more experience from your hire this time before you, uh, put him, put him in charge trying to loop in the last two here since you mentioned ryan odom's at utah state and you mentioned up patino we'll go to the other patinos at new mexico is the mountain west good again or are we going to see another appearance like last year where everybody looked good and it kind of all fell apart in the first round that's a great question because they've just they, year after year they have a lot of trouble in the ncaa tournament and i haven't been able to paint a, a good narrative on why that is like with the big 10 i've been kind of going to the they're more big men heavy than guard heavy and the way it's officiated. Like, I think maybe you, there's something there. 
I'm not sure what it is with the Mountain West. Like last year, San Diego State had Creighton completely on the ropes and collapsed down the stretch. Um, and year after year, that seems like it is the case. I do think the league is really good. I think uh, they schedule really well in the non-conference, and that helps them get some some solid victories to build on. And I think a lot of the rosters that we're looking at right now were built really smartly. Like New Mexico, Richard Patino had awesome guards last year. It was very obvious he needed some big men, some defense, and he got Udeze from Wichita State, Alec from UMKC, really filled that gap. And I think other coaches have done similar things. UNLV brought in like 10 more transfers. Kevin Kruger's been doing that. They've gotten off to a great start. San Diego State, Utah State, Nevada's looked pretty good this year with, with some good additions in the portal. Um, so it, it seems like they've, you know, they've got solid coaches that have gone into this year with a plan and it's, it's paid dividends so far, but you're right. They need to prove it come postseason or people are going to continue to do the eye roll. It's a mountain West team, write them off in the first round. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Jim, you're a, you're a Missouri guy. Uh, right now, Missouri is actually a very intriguing team. 10 and one huge matchup tonight against Illinois. Now they put up almost 90 points a game but they can't rebound the lick. If they fix some rebounding, are they somebody who can make some noise come tournament time? Because basically you have to assume they're going to go at worst 50% over the, the rest of the season, which gets them 20 wins basically and into the tournament, I'm sure. Could they make some noise come tourney time? I think they've got the pieces, um, but right now the way they're built and playing, I don't know if it's sustainable into the postseason they were perfectly structured to blow out bad teams and they played a bunch of bad teams. They play fast, they press, they get steals and go quickly the other way and get layups and open threes. When they ran into Kansas, that didn't work. And they gave up 95 points and got blown out. Uh, we are recording this right before the Mizzou Illinois game. I am very concerned that something similar will happen if they continue to press and play helter skelter. I, I think they need to, as they go up in competition and into the sec, figure out a slightly more conservative approach on the defensive end, compensate for the fact that they don't have rebounders. They don't have a shot blocker, keep opponents on the perimeter uh, and try to build from the inside out that way. If they do that and Isaiah Mosley gets back into the good graces of the coach, I don't know what's going on there. Their, their best transfer has been like kind of blackballed from the rotation. If those things go together, I think they have a chance to, to make a little noise, but Right now, I'm I'm unfortunately uh, a skeptic, despite it being my alma mater. So I'll put them on the spot, though. What about next Wednesday when they go up against Kentucky, who we've mentioned is a little bit of trouble? Is, is that a better spot than Illinois? It might be a little better matchup. I yeah maybe I, I think Oscar Shibway could have thirty offensive rebounds, and I say <laughs> just offensive, like however many defensive he wants to get to, but uh, he's going to live on the glass if he wants to. Maybe some of the concerns with severe Wheeler at point guard show up there. Mizzou can get some steals and, and go the other way. And I do think the offense is potent. They've got some shooters. They spread the floor really well. They move the ball. They share the ball. Uh, so perhaps that plays up against Kentucky, who's, like I said earlier, not really fully formed and, and not solved as a team yet. I'm hopeful, but at this point, I'm I'm kind of holding my breath, or, or rather not holding my breath because – I want to see it first from the Tigers against some quality competition. And they're only two good wins so far. They easily could have lost both and, and barely pulled it out. So we'll see as they get into the meat of this, this SEC grinder. 
Jim, you know, on Selection Sunday, I'm going way ahead here, but you always had that matchup that you go, man, this is the one team, if they get in, they win their conference tournament, we don't want to play them. Right now, early in the season, but who's that team that if you think can continue to play, could maybe, just maybe pull one, but maybe could go on a run in the tournament? Who's that team that you just, as a higher-seeded team, you would not want to match up with? I'm going to hearken back to a couple of years ago when Oral Roberts did it. And I think they could do it again this year. They're uh, to me, the best team in the summit. They blew out their, their biggest competition already before Christmas, South Dakota state. And they still have Max Acemas, the the hero of that run, the prolific 25 point a game scorer, master of the ball screen. He's still there and he's going to be a, a heck of a problem to stop. And the, the difference with this team is they've added some defense. They brought Connor van over the, seven foot three stick figure from Arkansas. He's kind of filled the paint for them, giving them some shot blocking, some actual size. Uh, they're not super athletic on the wings, but uh, beyond Acemas, they've also got Isaac McBride, who was at Kansas and Vanderbilt before this on the wing. And, and they've got Trey Phipps, who was at Oklahoma. So there's like real talent on this team, real pedigree. We've seen it before from Acemas and, and the coach, pa uh, Paul Mills. I think with their offense and the developing defense that they've got, they would they would scare me because of that pedigree before. Yeah, Jim, such a hard you're, matchup. Yeah. Jim, you're smooth, man. That actually ties perfectly into my question for transfers. You brought up all these guys transferring for uh, Oral Roberts and then a transfer for Missouri. Which transfer do you think this year has benefited the most probably uh, in the NCAA? Um, an individual player? That's a good question. Let me Let me kind of just go through – um, maybe, maybe somebody like TJ Shannon going to Illinois, but we'll, we'll keep it in the big 10 and, and, uh, what we've been talking about here. I mean, he was not, not buried last year. He had injury issues, um, uh, was on a team that went to the sweet 16, but now he's stepped up to Illinois. He's become the guy and he had a couple of performances on a really big stage. The, the tournament that they played out in Vegas, he had the 8-3 game against UCLA where he was just the best player on the floor completely uh, against Johnny Juzang and Tiger Campbell. And we'll see what Illinois does in the postseason, but I think he's benefited both from uh, raising his stock uh, professionally. He's shown that he can be a primary ball handler and a shooter, uh, but also going to a, a coach I believe in, in Brad Underwood um, and Illinois. I love the youth that they've got on that team, the freshman class. Maybe they're going to be able to go on a run with Shannon as the, the featured player. All right, boys, what else you got for Jim before we let him get out of here? Yeah, I got one more really quick. Um, is there is there a conference? We played, you know, some conferences have had played maybe one or two games, but we really dive into it here after the break coming up. Is there a conference that you were really high on with some of these teams and they've just disappointed you? Is there what conference would that be? That's that's got to be the A10. I, I came into this this year and was like, man, I could see four bids from the A10. Like they're they're always clamoring, hoping to get three bids. That's kind of like the A10 Twitter bit is like we're we're a three bid league. Let's be let's be a three bid league. And I thought, man, Dayton's there, Slew's there, VCU, Loyola Chicago coming in from from the MVC looks really solid. Davidson has lawyer back. Like you got on the line and I thought I could see really good scenarios for a lot of these teams. And they've just been brutal, like losing big games, losing by games, teams they shouldn't lose to um, even like the best. I say this in air quotes, best at large candidate right now. Slew 
blue one at Auburn. They, they just lost at home to SIU Edwardsville. There's a lot going wrong with that league. And I think someone said even like the hardest schedule in that league would have a couple of Q2 games. They've been so bad that they none of these teams are high enough in the net to be good win opportunities in the league. And they seem pretty well destined for a one-bid league at this point. And that's that's a real bummer considering the potential I thought they had coming into the year. Jason? That's all I have. Oh, well, I was actually really high on St. Louis. And it's shocking to see them just I, – I don't want to say crash and burn right now, but, yeah, they're, they're taking a tumble. And when Fordham's leading your league and their net rating's 105, you're, you're, on, you're on to something here with their bids, so. Yeah. Somebody, you have anything else for Jim? No, man. Nope. He's answered all my questions. <laughs> all right, Jim, we'll let you get out of here. Uh, you get to watch your Mizzou and Illinois game, but why don't you give a couple plugs to all your work and uh, we'll, we'll uh, send you off. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be clenching my butt cheeks for the next two hours, unless it's a blowout and then I'll be able to, you know, blow off some steam. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out our, our show on the field of 68, We'll tweet that every day from three man weave underscore CBB. It's uh, it's, it's a best bet show. It's a complete gambling focused college basketball show at noon central Monday through Friday, 10, 15 central on weekends. We go through the big, uh, the biggest eight games of the day, but then we have two chat sections where anybody that's watching can pop into the chat and ask about any game. We try to hit every single one that gets asked about. Uh, if it, I don't know if it's shown through on this show, but I'm a freak. I, I know everything from or, or about <laughs> something about every team from number one all the way to 363, or at least I pretend I do. Um, so we, we, we are happy to talk about any game if you want to check that out. And then the Three Man Week podcast comes out Wednesday afternoons, evenings. We're doing it live now, so people can can participate and watch that as well on YouTube. Uh, it, it all flows through that Three Man Week Twitter handle. Everything will come from there. That's awesome. And it, it... Everybody listen, he is not lying about the uh, 68 show. He, he probably does know something for every team. You and Greg Peterson, I think, live on Red Bull and like Lipton Soup. Is what <laughs> you <right>. got. <laughs> I, I got to meet Greg in uh, in Vegas one time. I, I forget where we are. We were somewhere at Circa and somebody else walked up to us and was like, the amount of college hoops nerdery that's happening in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, that's exactly what we're talking about. And it was like the middle of July. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for stopping by, Jim. We'll let you go. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and everybody out there. And be safe, man. I appreciate it. You guys, too. Enjoy the holiday season. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate Cheers. it. All right, boys. More college hoops. I can't wait till we dig in after the holidays on that. I actually need to look at it now since we get a little break. But lo and behold, we got to go to the uh, sport that stirs the drink right now. Let's go NFL. So, Smitty, before we dig in the games, you want to do a little uh, Franco Harris tribute? Oh, that was just crazy story, man. Really quick. When you wake up and see that, I just, I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, when you know what was coming up this weekend and then you got to see like all the stuff he did the day of, you know, Hey guys, it's what it is. Life is short. Appreciate every day you wake up and, you know, Talk to the people that you love, call, call your family, call your parents, call anybody that you're, you, you know, it, it life's short. That's all I can say. It's just a crazy thing. I hope they play well this week. Um, it's a sad story. Jason, you want to share something? You know, I know you said something about your old man and Franco. So yeah, they kind of knew each other back in the day at Penn state. They were there at the same time. They're exact same age. And um, 
yeah, it just it was crazy to hear that that morning because you knew what was going on this week with the Steelers with the uh, 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and Franco being honored and have his number retired. It's just kind of crazy that you kind of get the rug pulled out from you there and say, my wife told me when I was getting ready for work and I looked at her and I literally thought she was just messing with me because it was just like, you know, you, you see that and all the hype that had been built up. There's just no way that that's the thing that's really going to deflate it. But uh, yeah, no, Franco was on. You know, watching games in the basement growing up, Franco was on the wall as a poster, the old Sports Illustrated posters. Uh, my dad always had a Franco or a Jack Lambert jersey. He alternated between the black and the white, depending on Homer Road. So we're typical Steeler, you know, uh, fanatics. But uh, it's just crazy to, to see that. And you just kind of think about that, uh, that he's gone. Like I said, he was such a, uh, a huge part of that franchise and just kind of an image of it. And, you know, people forget how good of a football player he was because it's been so long. But he was the second leading rusher in the NFL when he retired behind only Jim Brown and yeah. both retired pretty early and, you know, only about 10 seasons. So pretty amazing stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah just a, it's just all these teams used to remember that these guys don't live forever. So if you're going to honor these guys, you don't need to have a nice even number when you do it. It's it better to do it early than do it late. Yep. Well said boys, uh, rest in peace, Franco and the whole Italian army. They got your back. Let's flip the script though. Let's go, let's go some game action. Let's jump into Thursday night action. We got the Jags going up to the Jets. One of these infamous weather games we got with the cyclone bomb and wind and rain. Uh, I don't have the, I do have the line. I'm sorry. I think it went off at minus two and a half for the uh, Jets and over under was 36 and a half. I actually love the Jets at home tonight. I actually have some player props on this tonight. I like the Donovan White anytime TD. I like Garrett Wilson over yards. I know we're talking about all this wind, rain, Cold, snow, sleet coming through for the holidays. But I think Jets, uh, Mean Green can get this done at home. Somebody, what do you have on this one, buddy? Yeah, I, I played this last night. I jumped in. I posted it. Minus 125 money line with the Jets. Um, I jumped in. I just posted a little bit ago before the show. I did two player props. Did really well last week on the player props. I'm doing under uh, Kirk, wide receiver for Jags, under four and a half receptions. And then uh, Knight, the running back for the Jets, I have over 59 and a half yards rushing on that. So those are my plays on this. I think the Jets win. You know, Lawrence been a little nicked up. Didn't practice a lot last week. Great comeback win last week. Keep an eye on the Wilson-Wilson connection. It's been really good. Um, I know Zach Wilson's a head scratcher at times, but I think it's a tough game. Weather seems like it was coming in a little bit midway through this game. Um, but I think the Jets will win this game. Jason, what do you got? Yeah, it's really tough to find value here. That um, the line, the total was probably where the most value I think was. Thirty six just seemed like too low. I know there's gonna be wind. I know there's gonna be rain, but uh, the wind wasn't too bad. And you know, rain. It's warm rain. It's not the cold rain. I think you can go over thirty six. I think that's just a little too low. As far as the total, I I mean, it's hard to bet on Zach Wilson. If you've done it this season, you know what I'm talking about. Especially if you actually have to watch him. It, it can be brutal. It can be you know, you can get the Maylocks out. You're gonna you're gonna have some heartache moments there. So I, I kind of like the Jags here. I mean, I think they have a little more at stake. I mean, the division's kind of there for them. And I think the Jets was just because you got Wilson, I can't, you can't really trust them um, to come back if they get down in this game. So I'm going to take the Jags plus the two and a half. And I, I like the over here. All right. You're up the least into the next buddy. All right. So we'll go with probably what the uh, Saturday games, right? I think that's probably the best way to go. And we'll start off. There's actually mostly of a Saturday games. I'm going to start off with Detroit at Carolina. It's another game with a lot of playoff implications. You really didn't think that at one point here, we had Detroit starting at one and six and then Carolina fired everybody and cleaned house. 
I mean, these teams can both, you know, make the playoffs. And that's kind of amazing at this point. Um, interesting game. All the things we said last week against the, the Lions where they're playing outdoors, they're playing a decent defense. You know, Jared Goff doesn't play well. They kind of got around that last week, but they also leaned on the special teams and some kind of explosive plays to get through there. I like Carolina plus the two and a half. Uh, I think that they kind of got a little embarrassed last week by the Steelers. They kind of just, their front seven just didn't show up in that game. Steelers ran right through them. Um, I don't know if that happens again this week. So I want to kick it to you. Smitty, what do you have for this one? Yeah, the dogs are doing really well. Last eight, six and two in the series. Carolina's the dog. You know, Carolina's been pounding the ball. Couldn't do that against the Steelers. Steelers really showed up last week, stopped the run in that. Detroit, one of the hottest teams. I mean, both these teams are right there, especially Detroit. Teaser spot, though, I'm going to throw it in the teaser spot. I like Carolina up in this, and I'm also going to say, old man in the garage, he's back, ready to go. Ho, 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 everybody. He has the Panthers pulling the upset this week. So that's our plays. Matty, what do you got? Woo, that's a big upset. Um, so I've bashed the Lions all year, and I've kind of retracted on that. One and six out of the gate now they're at seven and seven super impressive by dan campbell i, I mean they've completely bought in and golf seems to be the answer and now they do have the full complement of weapons they get jameson williams in there they're actually mixing deandre swift in finally a little more which is huge i i don't know about this line i'd love it to see it climb down a little bit maybe get it around two uh, i think the lines can cover the two i hate if it would go up to the three I think if you're safe, just play Lions money line this week. I think they're. I think they get it done. All right, uh, I'll throw the next game out. Let's go another Saturday game. Uh, team that's been all over our news and seems to be all over the TV. Buffalo going to Chicago, eleven and three. Flip the script, three and eleven for the Bears. Another wind game, another rain game, another snow game. Cold, whatever's going to come through there. Total has dipped severely. It's uh, over under forty and a half, and the Bears are getting eight at home. Smitty, I think this is your uh, other teaser leg here. Tease the Bears up, get two touchdowns at home. I think Fields alone can run for 100 and keep this one close enough to maybe get a backdoor there and cover it up. Uh, what do you have for that, Jason? Yeah, I'm just trying to look at who's actually available for Chicago. I mean, that's the biggest question. They got some guys back last week on defense, which I think kind of surprised people. I mean, they kind of hung tough and were able to cover the nine and a half. I had them. I definitely sweating there. I think the Eagles probably have another minute in that game and they would definitely would cover the, uh, the nine. Um you know, Buffalo just kind of needs a win. They're just trying to get through this game a little bit. I just don't know if the Bears, even though they're at home, have enough to stay with them. Uh, but I think, you know, like I said, we talked about last week, the dirty dogs of December. I think that's the factor here. I think you take the points and probably a low-scoring, ugly weather game. What do you think? Yeah, I think you could go either way in this. I think taking Buffalo down is an okay spot in a teaser. You know, this is – Buffalo is not – bad against the run i think herbert the running backs coming back also for the bears this week jason uh he was doing really well was out but i i believe i heard today he's coming back hey another thing josh field or justin fields excuse me really um i played his player prop last week again i think it's like four or five straight games over i think 70 yards rushing so keep an eye on that let's see what we can do there like maddie said cold 20 mile per hour winds maybe higher gusts I, 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 man, I like taking these teams up. I like taking these teams up too. I'm probably going to be on the bears. Yep. You are right. Smitty Herbert supposedly will be activated for uh week 16. Yeah. And, and I think it's one of those games. It's going to be just a pound game. Like, you know, pound Montgomery pound him fields a little bit, try to keep it low scoring here a little bit. 
maybe keep an eye. You know, I think both the Bills running backs have been doing okay too. Do they get Allen moving a little bit? I think this is a lower scoring game. I'd probably tease it up, take the under, and I kind of like the Bears up in a, in a, in a tease or two. All right, Smitty, fire us on to another. Well, let's go to the Giants uh, Vikings. You know, one of the greatest comebacks, maybe, I think maybe the greatest comeback of all time at, at 33, nothing there. I had him in a money line parlay with the Saints last week. I thought it was done. I was off the game and then they just kept coming back, creeping back. You got the Giants heading into Minnesota. Giants, good win, controversial win. Some really, some, some calls at the end of that game against uh, the commanders last week. I like I, I like the Vikings though in a money line play again. I think they win this game. Um I I also like Cook the running back for them to kind of keep the player prop uh maybe rushing yards over on that. What do you have, Matty? I I actually just like the Vikings minus four. I think this is a, a get right game for them. I know uh everybody in the media, everybody in the football world thinks they're frauds. They're still eleven and three. And it's not like the Giants are coming in as steamrollers. Uh, make make Daniel Jones beat you. Shut down Barkley. Stack the box and and make that happen. I think the Vikings. I think I think you can be okay with the Vikings minus four this week. Jason. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I took the Vikings last week minus four, basically on that same premise. And you know, if you look at what happened in that game, I mean, a lot of things went bad against the Vikings early. I think there was what a, a block punt for a touchdown. I think there's a pick six for a touchdown. Like those are the things that kill you when you're trying to cover. You know, I don't think that'll happen this week. I think there's a lot of positive momentum the way they came back in that game and carrying it into the second from the second half of this game into it. The Giants, I don't know how they pulled that off against the the Commodores last week. They did. Uh, I had the Commodores minus four. I know that I've heard that if you go by the yardage and everything like that, it should have been like a 24-9 victory by Washington. It didn't happen, obviously. Giants just keep finding a way every week. Um, That's what makes me a little nervous about laying the four here. But I will do so. I like the Vikings minus the four. Like I said, I, I think they can outscore them, basically. I, I still don't understand how these Giants team scores points. It seems like they, all they have is Barkley and Jones. So that will take us to the next game. Game that may have been potentially a hot mess express, but it wasn't. And this is one we didn't even talk about. New England at home against Cincinnati. And what has happened to the Patriots like, you know, I think we've kind of hinted around this. And I want to read about this real quickly. When we played on the playground, there was nothing more fun than when you got the lateral play working and it broke and you scored a touchdown, right? I mean, that was always your dream. If you could even catch a ball and do a little option pitch, like to someone, I mean, granted, we grew up in the era of wishbone football. So maybe we saw it a little more, but we kind of understood the dynamics that you, whatever you do, you never chuck the ball 30 yards back and give up all the ground that you gave up. I just we've seen this in a couple games now. I'm not going to call Jacoby Byers because this is like an epidemic in college football too. You you just you just give up enough ground that you get around the edge and you can pitch it to another guy. Come on now. Anyway, in this game, Bengals have been running really good. I mean, I think they covered 18 of the last 22 games. Got completely outgained by Tampa Bay. I had Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Everything looked great and then it looked awful. Uh, I think this is the week. I think that I'll take the Patriots here. I think they've been beat up. I'm going to take him as a home dog because no one's going to take him as a home dog. I think this is the week to finally the Bengals get caught out. What do you think, Matty? Uh, You're laughing at me. Yeah, I am kind of laughing at you. I've been riding the Bengals all year, and I'm probably still going to stick with them. I think they're just right right now, if that makes sense. Although they lost Sam Hubbard, and I don't know if Hendrickson's going to play this week. He's also binged up, yeah. 
Yeah. So it, it, you're not wrong in saying take the Patriots this week because everybody is on the Vikings and I think that's or on the Bengals. And I think that's the scary part this week. Everybody, I, I think the money's at 90% Cincy and I don't like that, especially after the crap show that the Patriots put up last week and how that ended. But man, I, I can't get off the Bengals. I'll probably chuck them in a money line game. And go ahead, Jason. I'll fire it back. No, I was saying, if you look at that game before that horrible play, the Patriots like surprised everybody. We all had the Raiders, and the Patriots basically won that football game except for the last drive and then the last play. So, yeah. All right, Smitty, hit us up. Yeah, you know, I was on the Raiders money line. So that was just one of those, like I said, it just lucks out. So maybe you need like Jamal or what's the old Oklahoma quarterback Holloway doing the pitches there. Cause that, yeah, that was Jermaine Holloway. Yeah. That was just really, really bad on that. One of those games that it will get out in history there. So yeah, Cincinnati's coming in really good. 11 and one ATS past 12 games, New England though, six and one uh, straight up ATS last seven against Cincinnati. It's a must win game here for new England. I'm with Jason in this. I think this is a good teaser spot here. I like New England up. I Listen, I was on Tampa last week, too, against uh, Cincy. Hey, it backfired. Tampa got up 17-0. just didn't work out for me. Uh, but I think this is a game that I think everyone's on Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati wins. But to tease up Cincinnati in this spot, I really like. I am going New England. Must win. Hey, again, it's a shame what they're doing. The offense is so bad. Patricia's garbage. They got to get a new offense coordinator in there. Jones is getting worse, but I think this game, they're going to make it ugly. This game's close. Let's move on. Uh, let me fire here. Uh, let's go to the, maybe the worst game uh, with conditions. You got the saints traveling into Cleveland here. You know, I, I, guys, I've seen stuff, wing gusts, maybe 45, 50 mile per hour, sub zero, um, man, you, one of the lowest lines that you're going to see, maybe one of the lowest in a long time. I Cleveland big win last week against Baltimore. I had the saints money lines so they're doing here. I put it in already last night. I posted it. I like Cleveland in a really low scoring game. I have a money line. I like. I like Cleveland. Maddie, what do you got? So, Smitty, uh, we got cold. We got snow. You know what plows through the cold and the snow? The hot mess express. There it is. <laughs> oh, oh it's Woo! Yeah, Cleveland. Hot mess express all about you. And the immortal words of George Costanza, shrinkage. We got shrinkage in this game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable. The massage man himself is going to be out there in this mess. I mean, Andy Dalton's coming back to the AFC North. This is going to be ugly. This is this is going to be a 11 to 8 game, maybe with a safety sprinkled in. 50 mile an hour gusts coming off the lake, short week. It's it just horrible. This is a horrible game. I actually feel bad for people with guys in this game for fantasy implications, because I think it's going to ruin some teams. Uh, Chubb, even though it's probably going to get 20 carries, but is he going to be able to do anything out there on a frozen field and whatnot? This is a no play for me. I I mean, I would probably take Cleveland at home just because it's at home. They're used to the cold. You got a dome team coming in short week, play Cleveland money line, but I don't trust that for shit. So Jason. 
I'm a little nervous though, because I like the chub call, but he's questionable. So we're gonna have to we're gonna see. But the one thing Cleveland kind of got back to the running game a little bit last week against Baltimore. Uh the Saints gave up 231 yards against the Falcons. The Falcons ran the ball on everybody except for the Steelers for some reason. Um, I agree. Dome team, Southern team going up and God knows what weather is going to be there in Cleveland. I mean, it's not just going to be snow. It's going to be like, this is the kind of weather really gets to you when it's windy and you don't really know what the precipitation is, but you know, it's wet. You know, everybody enjoys the snow when it falls down, but when it's kind of a mix and it's just freezing, yeah, I, I would think, you know what, I would never advise this, but this is the kind of game where you take an other touchdown prop because you know something goofy is going to happen where it's going to be like a fumble or a uh, snap through the end zone, into the end zone, fumble. It's just going to be a mess. Uh, but so with that, I will take the Browns because they live in this. Um, hopefully Watson will finally get it together there because I'm trying to trade him in some fantasy leagues. I'll lay the, the small line and then I'll, I will take the Brownies. What do you got, Maddie? I think I think you're absolutely on to something there with that other alternate touchdown. I mean, if somebody's kicking a field goal on this and a punt, something's going to go awry. Guys are going to be slipping, sliding, snap over ahead, anything. That's a great call. I'll, I'll actually have to look at that. Good, Jason. Lead us into something else, though, if you got, got okay. one. Well, I will take us next into an interesting game. I think we talked about this, too, for the Hot Mass Express. This is the game I thought might have snuck in there. We're going to go with the new Oilers versus the old Oilers. We go the Texans going to Nashville to play Tennessee, the Titans here. Titans all dinged up. Continues that team could not get healthy. I think Malik Willis is a starting quarterback this week. Is that correct? Yeah, the no Tannehill. You got a dinged up chapter uh, Cito playing a running back, and the Texans have been really feisty the last two weeks here. Took Kansas City to overtime. Took the Cowboys down to the last snap. I mean, it's almost too easy though. It scares me. I want to take the Texas with the points, but I, I'm terrified. I don't know what to do in this game. I actually want to hear your input first before I make a pick. Smitty, what do you got? Yeah, I think Follow the Money did a great job today on this, and I wrote it down. I took like three pictures off the screen on this. Uh, <laughs> Henry, Henry, I mean, let, let's dive into this here. Henry, 32 carries, 219, 34 carries, 250, 22. Two, he is just destroying this team. And I'm so glad because I'm in one playoff in fan, out of three leagues in fantasy, and I have him as one of my running backs. He's going to tear it up. They're going to pound the ball. It's diving down. I love the money line. Tennessee's going to win this game. And Jason made a great point because I've been playing the Texans in a teaser, and they are playing extremely tough. But money line play, Henry's going to have a big – I mean, he just destroys this team. He's going to get a ton of carries going to get a lot of yards going to get a lot of touchdowns tennessee wins this game what do you got maddie not so fast uh-uh. not so fast um houston gets a little extra rest time tennessee is a mess if they don't change their game plan and help malik willis out and lo and behold it's not like they have great weapons i mean if you're houston you literally got to put nine guys in the box match up your safety down on the tight end and one-on-one coverage on the outside and make Malik Willis beat you. You cannot let Derrick Henry beat you. I think this is an ugly game, another cold weather game. That's going to be a, ch- a change up for both teams. I'm, I'm actually going to put money pizza money on the Texans to win outright and get their second win of the year. Yeah. I think we have to go with that. Dirty dogs of December. Take the, yep. take the Texas with the points. I like to tease them up there. I think that's a nice safe play too. There's not going to be a lot of points in this game with the low total. So that that's that. 
All right, I will move us to the next game. Let's go to the Chiefs at home against the, the, the dying Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> Everything looks so good. They were rolling. They came out of nowhere. Geno Smith looked like he was back in West Virginia throwing bombs. And it is slowly slipping away here. We got a 10-point line with the Chiefs. You know, usually tells us that the Chiefs don't like to cover big numbers here, but I don't know if Seattle really has as much for them here. Uh, what do you guys got? Uh, I'll fire off. Uh, this is, uh, I guess the weather there was supposed to be absolute misery and trash as well, but I think they've got a little uptick there. They might be catching a little bit later and, and get some warmer temps, I heard, in maybe the teens. But everybody was so high on Gino. We all know in the world here of sports gambling and even football nutsos like us, Gino's going to Gino, as they say. And it, it's you're starting to see it. He, he lost a weapon in Lockett. Uh, Kenneth Walker's been hurt. They had a good recipe early where they were running the ball basically 50% of the time and mixing it in with Gino. And now they're like, oh, well, Gino's playing so well and throwing completing 71% of his passes or whatever, and they're letting him throw too much. And it's, a re- and it's reflected. And they've struggled now. Walker is back. But, I mean, the, t- tease the Chiefs down. Get that to four. And, man, just they're, they're going to win this game. I, I wouldn't be too worried about Seattle coming to Kansas City this week. Smitty? Yeah, I kind of like I'm in the opposite with the teaser. I like Seattle up in this. I know they are they're one and four straight up, 0 and five ATS. Um, the over's been hit in this series, like Maddie said about conditions, not as bad, maybe. So keep an eye. But here's the thing with Kansas City. This could be a good spot, like Matt said, maybe a tease down spot because they didn't show up again. This is a team that just when they have big, it looks like they should blow teams out. They don't do it. Um I think Seattle shows up here. Uh, Walker's supposed to play. I think they they hang in this game a little bit, and I think they. I mean, I think they lose the game. I think Kansas City wins, but in a in a higher spot, maybe in a teaser, I like Seattle. Yeah, we've seen Kansas City struggle in these kind of games against teams that they should beat. So I, I definitely like the points. I like to tease up, and uh, my model as this is a pretty high scoring game, actually as about fifty eight, which is really high for the my model. So uh, over might be in play here, especially my yeah. Like, Jason, just gonna jump in on one of my notes here. Last five have gone over in the series. There you go. So hey, I'll I'll jump us into the next one. Let's go uh, Falcons Ravens here. Uh, you know Baltimore's coming off a tough loss, just could not get it going. Uh, Huntley seems like he's the quarterback. Jackson's gonna be out again. Falcons Ritter played last week. Uh, you know, I wasn't very impressed looking at some of the numbers and tra- tracking the game here. Ravens were five and one ATS um, last six against the Falcons. Pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. I think the Ravens. I really like in a teaser spot. I think the line's about seven, seven and a half. I love the teaser spot here. I'd get Baltimore down. Jason, what do you got? Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people were critical of Baltimore's play calling in Cleveland last week. When you had the backup quarterback on the road against a team that hasn't really defended the run real well this week, they got a, or this year, they've got away from it, and they were throwing the ball a little too much. First half, they moved the ball up and down, didn't get any points. I had them in that game and uh, kind of left everybody a little disappointed. I think that because of that, they'll get back to the running game this week. Falcons cannot stop the run. Um, Stucky from the Axe Network had a great point. This is basically like two really running football teams, teams that like to use up clock. So the under is definitely in play here just because there's going to be long possessions for both teams. Um, I like the Ravens, especially with Lamar coming back. Um, seven and a half is a lot, but I think they're actually going to cover it here. Falcons are kind of looking the next year already. We've got Ritter playing. Now you've got a week of tape on Ritter. They're going to know what to do. 
uh, and it's a sophisticated defense. I think uh, Ravens are going to play here. Matty, what do you have? Well, Lamar's still out this week, so Huntley's back. Um, oh, you, okay. Um, they they And under the radar injury, though, the Ravens lost Devin Duvernay, who was their return man, really good on special teams, and basically their top wideout this year with all the injuries. I, I want to say the Ravens are the right play here, but this is an ugly game. I mean, Ravens 9-5, and five, bad loss last week. Their arrow seems to be down, and Harbaugh seems to be struggling a little bit this year with just coaching in general. I don't know if he's hit like his expiration date, as we say. I, I can't touch this game in any way, shape, or form. Even the under to me at 34 and a half is too low. I'm going to, this is a stay away for me, a huge stay away. Yeah, I want to scrub that. That is true. Huntley's definitely confirmed to start this week. So, yeah, without Lamar, that's a no play. This is going to be a low, ugly game, just like the rest of them this week. All right, we're getting Baltimore, some Baltimore covers covers the teaser though. Woo. All right, we're getting some great late action though. Uh, I'm going to go to my team, the the C- Commodores, aka the Commanders, travel out west to play the 49ers. Uh, Commanders seven six and one, Niners ten and four, over under thirty seven and a half, and the Niners are laying six and a half at home. Brock Purdy's done nothing to actually change any lines. This line is probably correct. There's talk in Washington now that we could get Wentz. I think if Heineke struggles this week, we might see Wentz come in, and I'm not sure how that team's actually going to react to that. Terry McLaurin, good news, Pro Bowl receiver. He should be able to get his a little bit no matter who's a quarterback, but I think the Niners are going to cover this. Uh, Their defense is just too good right now, and they're healthy. And they're playing hard. They got that division locked up. They actually have like a sight, bigger sight on maybe a two seed in the NFC that they can catch Minnesota. Uh, I'm probably going to go against my squad here and lay the six and a half with the Niners. Smitty, what do you have on this one? Yeah, this is one of my best bets. You know, I give out two. I did a spot with uh, Carl Johnson last week. I went one on one, and this one is um, when I jumped on. I love San Francisco uh, this week. You know, I I just don't see – I think it's a low-scoring game. I do like D.C., the Commodores' defense. I think, um, you know, we'll see what Purdy can do here. You know, dogs have been good in this series, but here's the thing. I think the pass rush is really going to get to Heineke. And, uh, Maddie, I I have a little note that I put down. I think this is where you could see Carson Wentz come in in this game at some point. I think uh, they're going to struggle. You know, they're just not scoring enough. And – I think McCaffrey, watch for the player prop um, over receiving the catches. I did that last week. Uh, I think it was four and a half, and I think I ha- he had five in the first quarter. So I'm going to look at that again this week because a lot of dink and dunks I really like. But I I have San Francisco down to uh, minus one, and I'll tell you in a second who I, I have a matched up with. But I really, uh, I really uh, like uh, San Francisco in this game. Yeah, the Niners have covered, I think, what, six straight now. And done it with you know a number of quarterbacks in that mix. I it's it's really hard not to take the seven. I mean, it, it tells you you should take the points with the underdog. I mean, because the Commodores have been so feisty. Um, last week was a real disappointment, but last week was also kind of a good indicator that their offense isn't operating like it needs to. You guys mentioned Wentz might get caught out of the bullpen here. I could totally see that if they get down early. Um, and it's really tough to lay seven points here in a, in a really low total game. But uh, my model says Washington's going to basically score 10 here. So, I mean, that's how much it respects the 49er defense, how good they've been here in the last three months. So I'm going to I'm gonna lay the seven. I, I hate laying that many points, but I really think the Niners, like you said, are rolling. Uh, and might as well take advantage of it. So we'll go to the next game. And 
Gotta look at my sheet here. And let's go down to Miami where it won't actually be warm against the Packers here. I was actually in my initial handicap, I was thinking about the Wisconsin team going down into the warmth of the South Florida, but that's not the case this week. So both these teams kind of have the playoffs at stake. Kind of interested here. I actually kind of like the Dolphins in this spot. The run defense is good. Um, they kind of need a win. They really haven't played all that badly. Uh, last week against Buffalo, I thought they really stepped up to the competition and played really well. That was a 50-50 game until late. Um, the Packers are rolling. Everybody thinks that Rodgers is going to kind of revive them, maybe sneak into the playoffs here. But I really think it's a spot with the matchup. I, I think that the Dolphins can actually win this game. I don't think they've been figured out, as a lot of people are saying. I actually think it's just been a lot of bad matchups. Uh, so I'm willing to lay the uh, the four points here and take the fish. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I'll jump in here. Uh, I, I kind of like Green Bay in a teaser here. I think Miami wins the game. I, I mean, it's a big game for both teams here. I mean, both these teams really need this one. Miami's starting to struggle a little bit. I mean, I think it's up to, what, three games in a row they've lost. Do they lose four in a row? I don't think so. I thought they played really well in Buffalo. Um but Green Bay's 4-1 straight up ATS uh, in Miami here. I think they're going to be okay. A lot of the models I have and a lot of the numbers I have had this game close. So I think in a teaser spot, jacking them up a little bit is a safe play. Miami wins the game. Close game. Matty, what do you got? I'm going oppo here. Uh, I think this is going to be a tight one. And I think the four-time MVP is back. They should have sat the other night with Dobbs and Watson both on the field, how much better he is, and they're both healthy. Uh, the the Dolphins' secondary is good, but I think with those two healthy, the double dose of Jones and uh, Dylan at running back, who's actually cleared the concussion protocol already, I think they have enough to get it done. I actually like the over here because Green Bay's defense is kind of banged up and they're not getting pressure like they should be. So I'm going to look the over and maybe double dip and take uh, the over and Packers money line on this one. Hey, I want to jump in here. I, I missed uh, <clears throat> old man in the garage is on this game. He has Packers to upset Miami. And then I, I missed his uh, second game. He did have the Saints upsetting uh, Cleveland. So his Ooh. three dogs of the week, Carolina, Saints, Packers. He went, he dove deep. He went in that, uh, in that bag looking for those gifts this week for our uh, audience. Boy, just when I like the old man in the garage, he goes with me, then he goes against me on those dogs. But <laughs> I'll take it. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to the big one of the weekend. Uh, late Saturday, Eagles-Cowboys. We all know that the Jalen Hurts news, he's probably going to be out 99%. I think he is out. It's Minshew time, Minshew mania going down to Dallas. Eagles 13-1, and Cowboys 10-4. and I believe the line started out minus one Cowboys it's now up to minus four and a half Cowboys and I think it actually touched as much as six for the Cowboys um I don't think Minshew is a huge drop off but what I think has to happen is Sirianni has to adjust the offense you can't run it like Hertz is back there because Minshew actually has good wheels but you can't focus and let him run around out there like he is Hertz keep it smart you actually have the best offensive line in football probably the best running game if you actually do it just keep it close i actually think dallas squeaks out a win here but i i would tease the eagles up to get points and man i think that's a lock smitty what do you got yeah i i grabbed Minshew. i needed a quarterback because i you know my playoff spot in uh fantasy i have jones not playing very well i grabbed Minshew. i i like him in this but i like this 
before the Hurts news broke, I like Dallas to win this game. So I now it's kind of gone up. So what I did, I took them back in a teaser. I got them at plus one. I think they win the game outright. So one of my best bets this week, like I said, I like San Francisco in a teaser down, and I have Dallas plus one. So minus one San Francisco, plus one Dallas, one of my best bet teasers of the weekend. Dallas wins the game. Jason, what do you got? Yeah, I really wish I had grabbed Philly with a six, but <laughs> that, that went and came really quickly. It's yeah. really interesting because – what is Philly playing for at this point? Because, I mean, they kind of have the division locked up. Dallas kind of needs to run the table here to get anywhere and not avoid the uh, first weekend of the playoffs. Um, yeah, Hertz is a big factor here because he does bail you out. When things don't work, they get positive yardage because of his legs. And um, Minshew, like you said, he's a good scrambler, but it's not the same kind of running. They can't run the same RPOs. They can't run the, the same running plays where Hertz is basically a running back because Minshew's just not that kind of guy. Um, so I'm, I'm intrigued here. Also, the Eagles give up a decent amount of sacks for a team who's been really good on offense at 20th in sack rate, which is kind of shocking, um, especially against the second best uh, sack rate team. And the Cowboys, of course, the Eagles are the number one sack rate team. So going to see a lot of defense here. Might lend to an under. Um, we'll see how good the Eagle run defense is. It's been good since Jordan Davis came back. Um, see if it can hold up. But I kind of like the Cowboys here. I think in first half, I think it's going to be really close, but I think the Cowboys will pull away in the second half. Matty, what do you got? Uh, you you – you nailed it. Our stack guy, of course, knows how the Eagles were in past. I was going to say, even though they have the best O-line, they do give up sacks. However, though, Dallas, the last two weeks against below average O-lines, has only had one sack. So uh, I don't know if they're getting a little tired or maybe the defensive line rotation, some guys missing is hurting them. But it's something to look at. Jason, you had something else? Yeah, I said Jacksonville's actually pretty good at protecting that. So I'll give them a break there. Okay. All right, let's jump to the Saturday night game, 8-15. Smitty, get ready. Raiders, Steelers. We brought it up earlier with Franco, man. That stadium, if it's sold out, which I think it would be for this, just because it's a huge matchup. A lot of people are in town still. I mean, Christmas Eve, Steelers, Raiders, you're not getting anything better. Over, under 38 and a half. Steelers are laying two and a half at home. We're gonna get we're gonna get some serious cold. I think they're saying around five degrees at kickoff. Uh, I hate to say it because I've been on the Steelers just betting wise the past couple of weeks, but I think the Raiders are the play here. I think this is the the must win. This is their make or break season. They got they actually play well when they come here. I think they won the last time they were here. So I'm probably gonna look at the Raiders this week. Jason, what do you have on this one? Yeah, see, I actually I'm the other way. I actually think this is the Steelers uh, game, and that's without all the uh, the emotional stuff that's going to go on. I do think you're going to have a lively crowd. Uh, I was kind of curious for late on Christmas Eve what kind of crowd you would get, especially when the weather got cold. But now knowing some of the circumstances around it, uh, I think you're going to have at least a vocal crowd. I don't know if it'll be a full house just because of that, but I do think you'll see, you'll get a little charge out of the Steeler defense. And plus, you look at the Raiders. You know, the, the pass defense is terrible. They don't get a good pass rush. That's things that have bothered the Steelers this year. I think they'll be able to run the football a little bit. They've been really dedicated to the run game here since Pickett uh, kind of came on board. Even with Trubisky at quarterback, they ran the football well. And um, the defense, you know, ever since Watson, they've been able to get pressure. I think they'll get pressure on Carr. I don't think Carr in the cold weather and everything like that, I think it's going to play very well. So if they can stop Jacobs, I really think the Steelers have a good chance in this game. I'm actually going to take a minus two and a half. I, I just think that uh, they're kind of really rounding in the forum, at least. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but they're really close to one. Smitty, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Matty made a great point here when he said about the Raiders coming. They're eight and one last nine. 
They get in Pittsburgh. They're doing really well. They're good dogs on the road too, but I'm with Jason in this. I already posted it last night. I'm on the Steelers here. I really like what they did. I thought that was one of the best games. Now you're going back to pick it. I maybe would have just stayed with Trubisky here. The concussion issue has been an issue with Pickett here. I thought that team, I really like what they're doing. The offensive line is playing extremely well right now. They're pounding the ball. Harris looks really good. Warren's a really good backup. I like what they're doing. Just don't turn the ball over. Where where are their weakness? You know, the Steelers was stopping the run okay, except that Ravens game. Last week, they did an unbelievable job here. Um Cold weather, are they going to pass the ball? You got a lot of weapons here. I don't think Carr plays well either. I already played the Steelers' money line. Steelers win this game. All right. Uh, fire off another one here. Sunday, 4.30. Just an absolute trash game, I think, that we're subjected to. Broncos, 4-10. and 10. Might have another week of Brett ripping a quarterback. Maybe Russ comes back and does some uh, Christmas cooking. Who knows? Rams, 4-10. and 10. I'm not even sure what quarterback they're going to go to. If Baker goes down, it's probably Perkins again. Over under 36 and a half. Rams getting two and a half at home. I, I have no part in this game. I'm not even going to attempt to play this game. It, maybe look at some player props. Uh, the one I noticed was uh, the tight end for Denver. If Wilson plays, that is. Uh, Greg Dolchis is a good play. But I got nothing on this. This would have been the hot mess express, but it's too easy to play. So, Jason, you go. Well, my question is, I think me and Smitty have been really good this year, and I think we deserve a gift, and that gift should be an additional Hot Mess Express because <laughs> this game is is so this is so bad. It's I mean, this easy. is going to be such a tough watch yeah. because you got backup quarterbacks. You got teams that have just lost, like, all their stars. I mean, I guess the Denver defense is still playing pretty well, and the Rams defense actually isn't playing all that bad. But, you know, the Rams aren't going to be able to run the football. And they kind of need to to get anything working here. Baker's been, uh, I don't know, uh, he's given effort. He's given them a chance to be in some of these games. They, they were competitive for a while against the Packers on Monday night. Um, it's so hard to pick this. I mean, you, it seems like such an easy under. I guess it is. I, I mean, 36 is a low total, but this is a week of low total. So I'm just going to pick the under in this one. And uh expect a, a really really a good game to like kind of doze on the couch while you're sleeping off some of your christmas festivities what do you think smitty yeah dogs have been the play in the series i'm going to keep it really short because i know we want to finish up here uh, i i look at the coaches i'll take uh i'll take mcveigh over hackett so i'm gonna go uh i'll go rams we're gonna win this game yeah hey uh I'll, I'll jump in real quick let's finish up here we got tampa arizona you got Trace McSorley, the Penn State legend, quarterback. And, uh, hey, Tampa, don't blow big leads. This is a big game. I mean, that 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 conference or that division, excuse me, with uh, Tampa and those teams, well, my goodness gracious here. But I, 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 I'm going to – I'll jump in here. I think it's a great teaser play here uh, to get Tampa down. Um, I'm sorry. I don't like Arizona. I don't like the coach. You got all kinds of issues with that franchise. Trace McSorley, great college quarterback, not a great NFL quarterback. Tom Brady will outdo him. I like Tampa. Matty, what do you got in this one? Yeah, it, narrowing down the hot mess express this week was actually my hardest choice out of all these garbage games. I mean, Sunday's going to be brutal watches for us. First game is good. After that, man, it, I hope you guys drink a lot of eggnog. For, forget this game. On the NBA. 
<laughs> no, I got the NBA Christmas no, card. We we could, but I I still don't have a play on this. I I think if you want a safe play, just take Tampa money line. The Cardinals, I think, may have one win at home. Don't hold me to it. I haven't done any research on this game. I hate Cliff Kingsbury. I hate where this franchise is going. Tampa is a mess, though. And now we got Gronk tweeting out stuff that he's bored. Forget this game. Just pass on. Go ahead, Jason. I think Trace McSorley avenges Tom Brady beating Penn State in 1999 for all of us. Penn State. No, he's not going to do that. <laughs> I think, honestly, the best play would be to tease the Bucks down to like a half point and it, uh, expect the 17 16 win. I mean, the Bucs really needed to win that game last week. They played one good half, and then they just totally imploded in the second half. They're still in this division. They're still going to get a home playoff game. They just need to win this. I don't think it's going to be easy for them, but I think they will win it. And then that'll kick us over into a game that could be interesting, but I don't think it will be. <laughs> the Colts at home against the Chargers. Chargers kind of playing better, but also still being the Chargers last week. Uh probably should have taken care of the Titans a little bit better than they did than be tied 14 all in the fourth quarter and have the game winning field goal Colts. I, I don't even know what to say about that one. It, the scariest thing about that game is that no point did I feel like the Vikings were out of it. I mean, until it got to like 33, then I was like, this is pretty ridiculous, but then they still scored in quick enough time to do that. The Saturday experiment is exactly that. And I think we can now roll that it's failed. But I like the Colts here at home because the Chargers, just one of those teams, they will frustrate you. I think the teaser thing is still in play for them, where if you've teased them, uh, you've covered every single game. Give me the Colts plus the four and a half. We can tease them up to ten and a half. That'll probably be even better. Um, but I think the Chargers win. What do you got, Maddie? Man, I want to love this Chargers team. And I just can't, for, for everything you just said, I think they're the right play, but my thinking is skewed with the, all this holiday hubbub. They don't want so, to be loved, Batty. They don't want to be loved. <laughs> I want to love them. I, I like them. Uh, they need Sean Slater back. If he's back, I think th- they have a really good chance. Eckler's still good. Uh, Mike Williams is finally back and healthy. Keenan Allen, they have the weapons. Can they, the, the Colts offense, though, is they're, they're going to Nick Foles. You have to think he's rusty. No Jonathan Taylor. I mean, is Nick Foles really going to beat you? I'm going to probably lay the, the points with the Chargers this week, even though I'm not ecstatic about it. They, they, they at least pushed for me last week. Hopefully I can get at least another push out of them. But I do think the Chargers win. Samitty, send us home. Yeah, 8-2 and two ATS, last 10 in the series for the Chargers here. But a lot of my numbers have this game close. I think Foles is going to be okay. A guy that's been has come into games and done okay. Now, can they rebound after that performance? What kind of attitude does the team have? I mean, that was a collapse. Um, Chargers, though, the head coach mm, always does something interesting. I like a teaser spot. I'm going to go the Colts up, and we're going to take the Colts. All right, boys, I don't have anything else. I'm just going to do this. Uh, we'll give a little shout out to Jim Root again for coming on the show. Check out his work on Twitter. Check us out on Twitter at Notebook Wagering. Everybody out there listening, tuning in. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Be safe. We appreciate all your stuff. If you listen to us, if you interact with us on Twitter, Smitty, give us a little shout out. Jason, you after and then send us home. No, just uh, happy holidays to everybody. Thank you for checking us out over the last couple of years, uh, you know, follow us. We're trying to do a lot of content here. Uh, you know, we're doing stuff with some other people in contact with. So check us out. Notebook wagering. I think we have one of the best teens 
in the game. Yeah, I think you guys have really said it well. Everybody enjoy their holidays here. We'll, we'll be on the Twitter machine. We'll have picks. There'll be plenty of picks to be had here. As I think we're all off of work for finally for a couple of days here to kind of go in and uh, enjoy ourselves. And everybody enjoy themselves and enjoy the holidays. Smitty, take us home. Yeah, I got one more. I might be doing a little spot with Jick Jack again, Carl Johnson, uh, maybe tomorrow. So uh, check that out. And, uh, you know, we we did one over the last weekend, did really well. So that's in the works right now. We're going to try to set something up there. So check their show out, the One More Podcast. Maddie was on tonight uh, on that. They do a great job. Um, so check them out. And uh, that's all I have, guys. Great show. All right. Happy holidays, boys. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hopefully we hear from you before 2023. And like we always say when we sign off, bang your bookies, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.